tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink. And welcome to Tinfall Hat. You know who I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. Yes, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, joining me, as always, is my good friend and yours, Xavier Guerrero. What's up? Loving the new glasses, dude. Thank you, brother. So it's old man glasses where basically they, they turn to sunglasses, but I love <laughs> it. I love it. And on the ones and two, you can't hear them. But to not hear them is to love them. The one, the only Johnny Woodard. What's up, dude? It is official. My New Jersey show has been canceled. I'm really sorry about that, guys. It's just chaos time right now. And we're going to move it back to whenever it gets normal again, if that's ever going to happen again. Uh, we'll be there and probably in the spring in New Jersey. So that's really my last gig for the whole um, year, the rest of the year. I'm done. I'm just chilling with my boys in Los Angeles for now on. Guys, if you want to support the show, a great way to support the show is uh, tinfallhattshirts.com. New Swarm Trooper shirts are up. I mean, we're throwing up stuff all the time. Local celebrity, uh, you know, uh, uh, Rage on behalf of the machine. There, if you're looking for a shirt from Tinfall Hat, there is a shirt for you there. If you're looking for cups, hats, T-shirts, condoms, whatever, go to tinfallhatswag.com, okay? All those are there. We got some great uh, premium content for you. Uh, the Tinfall Hat Patreon's on fire. Go to patreon.com slash Tinfall Hat. I put about three episodes a week on there. Uh, just whatever's happening that day of, I talk about it. Then I also have my show with Brian Callen called The Conspiracy Social Club. That's available at patreon.com slash Brian Callen. We were supposed to do a Flat Earth show yesterday, but I am sick. If you can hear it in my nose, I'm sick, so I, I couldn't do the show. We're going to reschedule once Brian opens up his new studio, so hopefully that will be sooner than later, okay? Uh, my, my, my spiritual podcast, Zero, has been on fire lately. Uh, go check it out. You just go to rockfin.com slash zero. It's a great platform. Rockfin's basically got the net. The, the Netflix version of uh, paywall services or premium content, you pay one fee and you get everybody's show. So I love it. Jimmy Dore's on there, Whitney Webb, Isaac Weistip, a lot of great sports. Go check that out. It's a great way to support the show. Uh, you guys have podcasts, right? Johnny, you got Broken Simulation. How's that going? Yeah, going well. We're about to record one when you're feeling better. We're going to get back in that studio and uh, pound it out. It'll be available early on uh, patreon.com slash Broken Simulation. Perfect. Johnny man. loves to go to Pound Town, that's for <laughs> sure. And then Xavier Guerrero. I got a We Don't Smoke the Same show. It's me, E-Zone, uh, Cairo, and we just do a show off of Be Real Studio at 1 p.m. on Saturday. So... If you join live, you might be able to, if you donate something, we give you some new shit, we give you stickers, some tinfoil hat shit, so just join us live on YouTube. Well, guys, uh, we have a great show for you. Uh, we have 
David Matheson coming back on. He's the guy who breaks down how most of your religious myths are based off the stars. He has some new information for us. It was a very interesting podcast. I hope you guys enjoy it. Enjoy the show. I love you, Swarm. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, did I jump that too early, Johnny? I'll just stop real quick. Let's get into it. Uh, he is our returning champion. He is the uh, legend of the stars. Please welcome Dave Matheson. How are you, brother? Sam, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on again, XG and Johnny. It's great to talk to you, and I'm glad to be here and looking forward to it. David, what, Dave, real quick, uh, for those who don't remember you from your last appearance, what, did, were you on once or twice? I can't remember. Once so far, Sam. <laughs> well, welcome to the two-hitter club, brother. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, real quick, can you just tell them a little bit about yourself and where they can find you? Right on. So, I'm at Star Myths of the World, all the world's ancient myths are based on the stars. All the stories in the Bible, the figures in the Bible are based on the stars. And it's using the same system as the myths of ancient Greece, ancient Egypt, ancient Mesopotamia, the Norse myths, myths in the Americas, in Africa, Australia, the Pacific, Asia, myths of ancient China, Japan. They're all based on the same system. Ah, well, you know, what's so interesting is um, someone's talking to me about the show, What the Bleep Do We Know? And, oh, it was uh, Cheney, the conspiracy chicken. And she was talking about how the guy who created that was basically the guy that tried to kill God, right? And, you know, he's also then later on discovered to be part of uh, the whole uh, Nexium, Keith Rainier that whole story, right? So it's very interesting because a big thing that people will talk about is that, you know, you find these stories through different, uh, different cultures. It's the same story, but it's through different cultures. And for some reason, that is seen as a, a way of disproving God, which I don't really... I used to buy into that, and then I just kind of like now on this new spiritual kind of thing. I'm on, I, I don't understand why that is a sign that God doesn't exist. That just tells me that just like everything else, everybody has their own word for uh, a certain thing. Like, you know, uh, Eskimos have 40 words for snow. It's still snow. So everybody has their own words that they use to tell the same story. I do not understand how that is a sign that God does not exist. And, and, and real quick before we get into, is what, what you're proposing, does that say that God does not exist? No, not at all. Unfortunately, I'm not familiar with whoever you're referring to. I yeah, what the bleep, it's a, it's a movie that came out like <laughs> okay. a while ago. Right on, yeah, I'm familiar with the Nexium scandal, <laughs> uh, atrocious sidetrack that we won't get into. But actually what I'm showing doesn't, some people say, wait a minute, are you saying that the Bible isn't true? No, I'm not even saying that the Bible isn't true. In fact, the Bible is true, but I am arguing that it is not literal. It's just like it is showing deep truths, but it doesn't have to be that Samson, the strongest man, you know, did all the things that were described of Samson for it to be conveying truths. It is literal. It's like the karate kid or the matrix it, does the matrix teach truths that people go wow that is really speaking to my life 
Yes. But do they have to say now, now I want to go find where Neo lived. I got to yeah. figure out which city he's in so I can go be like Neo. No, you're taking it the wrong way. I totally agree with what you're saying. I totally agree with that. Uh, you know, I don't know if you saw this, but a big story came out that the uh, Catholic church, the Vatican has teamed up with the Rothschilds, uh, Rothschilds, Rockefellers. I mean, just a hit list of like the Legion of Doom, right? You remember the Legion of Doom from the old uh, uh, cartoons? That's a little old. I do. I'm, I'm older than you, Sam. I do remember yeah, that. So we, That's I super love friends. The You're talking Doom, super Doom. friends. I love that. Super friends, right? You know, yeah. so, so the Catholic Church hooks up with uh, the Legion of Doom, and they're now going to work on like some sort of <laughs> capitalism thing. Uh, but the, the, the Catholic Church is a big part of why people took take the Bible literally. Now, if you want to take the Bible literally, I have zero problems with that. Whatever you want to do to, that helps you make the world a better place, please, please continue doing it. That not, we're just having a discussion on this, but you know, it was the Catholic church that went out and started telling everybody that the Bible is literal and thus begins this kind of like war on our minds, in my opinion. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. Yep. By literal, do you mean like uh, like the Great Flood and Noah's Ark? Like you don't mean the whole place was flooded? Just no. What we mean is like, did it literally happen? Like meaning, did it actually happen? Right. That's right. There's, so there's some so, stories in the Bible of like I believe one story is a guy stops the planet from spinning. Right. I mean, Joshua. Yeah. Do we really do, do people want to believe that this guy really stopped? Maybe I mean if that's what you want to believe, but Dave's research makes him believe that it, it wasn't literal, and it was never meant to be literal. I mean, the, the Dead Sea Scrolls came out, and they basically said that you know uh, that uh, Christianity was meant to be a philosophy, not a religion, and then all of a sudden now now it's a religion. Which is again, I, I'm just trying to tell you this is not. Uh, me condemning your beliefs, teach your own man. Whatever you know, uh, Christianity is just an offshoot of Hinduism, and uh, you know, I, I just think we're all we're all talking the same thing, just using different words here. Yeah, so it's a, it is it's all they're all connected. So if they're if the ancient Vedas of India, those myths are based on the stars, and they're using the same system as the stories in the Bible. So to answer your question, also XG, I mean Sam. Sam said what I, I agree with Sam, that they're not literal. They're, they don't have to be. Do you believe that Hercules slew a lion with his bare hands? Uh, or do you believe that's a myth? Well, I believe that's a myth. Do you believe that Samson slew a lion with his bare hands? I used to say, yes, absolutely. If it's in the Bible, it happened. He was a literal man who slew a lion with his bare hands. And both of those myths, by the way, specify that it was bare hands. Over time, I understood, I saw so much evidence, I couldn't, I couldn't continue to believe that it was literal because it is clearly based on the stars. We'll see a little bit of evidence about that when I show some slides. But does that answer your question, XG? Yeah, 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 yeah. that's what I was trying to figure out because that's what I've heard, like, that the flood was only like if the flood was even real, it wasn't the whole world. It was wherever he lived, and they just said it was the whole world because that's all he could. Yeah. So I mean, the, the, actually, the question of the flood is a good one because I actually agree that there is tremendous evidence around the world for catastrophic 
a catastrophic flood. But the account in the Bible can clearly be shown to be based on the stars. So if you want to talk about a flood, you can't go to the Bible and say, well, here's my evidence. Because what's what it's being talked about in the Bible is talking about the stars, the Milky Way, certain constellations. Um, Moses, Noah, well, Noah's not, Moses is not in the flood. Obviously, Noah's in the flood. But I can show you slides and arguments that clearly show that Noah is related to the constellation Aquarius. And his three sons, when they find him naked, he's the first one to make wine and he gets drunk and he passes out. That whole story is based on the stars. It's not literal. No one is literally descended from Noah because Noah is literally, he's a constellation. Does that Dude, mean that nothing is blood? worse than walking in on your drunk dad naked? <laughs> that is going to lead to therapy for sure. <laughs> I, have to do that. I have to do that on the next one. I don't have that. I do actually have a slide. So I was on with, uh, with your friend Bob Nickman, and I did. I, love I, Nickman. I did prepare that. I did prepare that whole story. We didn't get to it, but uh, if you want to go into Drunken Noah, we can go into Drunken Noah. But that's not one that I prepared because we're trying to talk about the solstice, or at least that's what. Uh, Mark yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get into this. Let's talk about the solstice, guys. I want to tell you about our friends at Hawthorne. So, have some of you guys been thinking about making some personal changes to your self care routine? Right. Well, a great place to start is our friends at Hawthorne. Hawthorne is a premium tailored personal care brand that's making it easy for guys to feel and smell their best. Okay. All you do is go to hawthorne.co. Okay. And take their quick, easy quiz. Okay. They ask you simple questions like, what's your favorite drink? How do you like to spend your nights out? Do you smoke? Okay. Quick, easy fun. All right. Get in, get out. All right. And they got some great products here. I love them. They got some awesome body collection stuff, which is like lotions, body wash, stain free deodorants. Then they also have stuff for your hair, hydrating shampoo, medium weight conditioner. I mean, it's all quality stuff, stuff for your hands, dude. They got the awesome uh, ultimate hand wash trio. They got the, the the hand wash, the Hinoki wood hand wash, the dark rum hand wash, the Bergamont hand wash. I mean, dude, bam. Top shelf. Top shelf. If you want to upgrade your self-care routine, Hawthorne is fun and convenient way to get super high-quality products tailored specifically for your needs, okay? Hawthorne even takes a risk out of it by giving you free shipping on your order and return. If you don't like their product, they'll retailer them for your base, for you based on your feedback, okay? So here's what we're going to do. Do what, do what tons of other people have been doing, okay? Take the Hawthorne quiz today and get your own personalized self-care routine by going to Hawthorne dot co and use the promo code sam to get 10 percent off your first purchase that's h-a-w-t-h-o-r-n-e dot co promo code sam that's hawthorne dot co promo code sam and so let me uh let me share my screen if you're ready to get into i know you know we've, we've only got a certain amount of time so if you want to shoot shoot the breeze some more we can 
Or Whoa, I can get I, into, let's get down the business stand. Let's get yeah, down the business. I'm just trying to just have a conversation. Like, <laughs> boom, boom, boom. I wouldn't say that in a negative way. Wow, I'm sorry. Sam, Sam you're, the hardest work, you're the hardest working man in show business. I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't say I'm that starting to lose my skull, business. but don't worry. No. About it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's All get right. into it. I'm going to share my screen here. Uh, is it showing? Are you seeing my... Yep. Right. Yeah, look at me. Bam, bam. Uh, Bruce Lee is a star. Yeah. So what <laughs> Bruce Lee is a star. What I'm talking about is a an ancient system. So people talk about astrotheology. And astrotheology is this study of you, you know, you were mentioning this this person I'm not familiar with. I forget what it was called, the 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 next Yeah, uh, what the bleep do we know? What do what so people there are other things like the Zeitgeist movie, which talk about the connection between certain events in the Bible and the stars. That's sometimes it's called astrotheology. Well, it's like a martial art. You want to study, if you want to study something that's about the ancient wisdom, you want to make sure that it actually works in your life. If you want to study a martial art, you better be sure that when you find yourself, like here's Bruce Lee on Mr. Han's Island, if you find yourself in a, on Mr. Han's Island, you want your Kung Fu to work. When you find yourself in a hall of mirrors, he's in a hall of mirrors. This life that we're in is confusing. It's full of illusions. The, the, system, the ancient system is like a martial art. You've got to, you, it actually applies and is beneficial to our lives. But there's, <laughs> there's, there's, some martial arts that work better than others or oh, yeah dude you want to really apply for sure dude have you ever watched on uh have you ever watched on uh youtube like um, martial arts frauds where these guys like like johnny uh, we talked yeah. about it on the other show where it's like these these uh kung fu or whatever martial arts masters in their dojo can just look at people and they just their heads explode right and then and they actually <laughs> fight a real person and they can't do anything so yeah i totally understand you know it's so that's what i'm talking about go ahead yeah 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 for sure go on sorry so what so what i was going to say is what what i am what i am showing i will tell you it actually applies to our life it's actually beneficial there's some astrotheology that I call kind of shallow astrotheology. And it's, and it's almost, it's almost only negative. It only tears down the Bible. Like you were saying, it's like, Oh, well, this is based on the sun. So therefore it's useless. It's no good. That's just negative. And, and, and they don't really even understand what the ancient myths are talking about. The, the, the true system is very powerful and, and like a martial art, it can be used for good or for evil. In this particular fight, Bruce Lee is fighting Mr. Han, who's a evil martial artist. He's using it for negative purposes. And Bruce Lee is trying to stop this guy who, you know, is being a tyrant and in the movie killed his sister and things like that. So what I'm going to show you when we get into this system, I'm going to show you the system. It's like a martial art. And that's why I have this picture of Mr. Miyagi. I know we're switching now to Japan or Okinawa, sorry. But when, if you remember in the movie, he puts this headband on Danielson at the very beginning. You remember this scene? Yeah. And he says, you, we have to make a, a promise. I promise to teach. You promise to learn. Um, so before I get into this, but Mr. Miyagi's teaching it. He, he's, he's, he's imparting a system. This is a, a powerful system. 
but he wants Danielson to use it for good, not for bullying. That's what the whole, you know, the whole reason that he decided to teach him is because Danielson's getting his butt kicked at school. And Mr. Miyagi says, okay, I will teach it to you, but you've got to use it the right way. So what I'm going to show you, the reason I put this in, I didn't even know you were going to bring up that, that guy that unfortunately I don't know who it is, um, but you can use this to tear other people down. You can, someone can come to your door who's really fired up about the Bible and try and tell it to you. And you can just, you can use some Bruce Lee kicks and just devastate them and show them, Hey, it's all based on the stars and send them away, you know, devastated. This is actually, you know, when I show this, I think it's actually, we have to use it responsibly. Um, if somebody wants yeah, to believe but, the Bible, literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but why I, I don't, I, you know, man, that's not really my thing ever. I just, no, I know it's not your thing, but the but only time people, I get mad at like super religious people is when they want to push their religious views on others. You know, it's like, you know, during the eighties, the religious right was what the, you know, the uh, progressive social justice warriors are of today. Both of them want to use uh, ridiculous dogma. They both want you to, uh, you know, live in a world that fits their viewpoint, not other people's, you know? So it's like, ultimately it's like, I would, yeah. I mean, like with great knowledge comes uh, great, with great power comes great responsibility for sure. And that's what I'm trying to say. It can be used. You can defend yourself or if you see someone being bullied, you can use, what I'm going to show you is, is all I'm saying is this is a, this is powerful stuff. I don't want to minimize it. So um, let's talk about the solstice. I'll start off with some, the cycle of the year. This is the Zodiac. This is a one way of depicting the cycle of the year. And it shows all the different Zodiac signs. This is early 1600s. These are all the different zodiac signs. So people who are familiar with the zodiac signs will probably recognize the different pictures, but I've written in the names so that you can, if you don't recognize what they're trying to draw. It starts off on the, kind of over there on the nine o'clock position with Aries, and we're going in a clockwise direction. You could draw it to go counterclockwise. This is just a drawing. It's like a map. But it's a way of representing where we are in the year, where the sun is in the year. And notice I've drawn a line halfway across because for half of the year, days, oh yeah, we're going, we're going in that direction. Okay, I, I, I put an arrow, sorry. The days are longer on the upper half. Right now we're talking in the middle of December. So we're on the lower half of the year where days, the hours of daylight are shorter on the lower half. So as we go around, there's this crossing point where we cross over and we start going down towards the shorter days. Is this tracking? XG's nodding. We're good. So obviously, if the days are getting longer on the upper half, at the very top, that's where we're going to have the longest day. So I'm going to draw a line down the middle. At the very top, that's the longest day of the year. That's the summer solstice. And at the very bottom, that's the shortest day of the year. That's the winter solstice. Hey, everybody, I want you to check out the film Sensational. That's right. Head to sensationalfilm.com. 
Censorship.com to learn more about the origins of censorship playing out before our eyes. The film highlights the importance of citizen journalism in the 21st century. There's a mass divide and lack of trust in the media today. So it's imperative that we, we now participate in exposing the truth with interviews featuring Alex Jones, Roger Stone, Pax Tandon, Max Blumenthal, and other figures in the alt media, Sensational delivers a roadmap to understanding the American propaganda system. And let me tell you, this is the most relevant that a movie will ever be. After what's going on with YouTube and the election and they're shutting it down, we really have to wake up. I've seen the movie. It is wonderful. Elroy crushed it. So go again to sensationalfilm.com and check it out. My question is, like, does this apply to all over the world? I mean, like, based upon, you know, because, like, it will be winter one part of the planet and then summer the other part of the planet. Yeah, good question. So, correct. If if we're on a sphere, which we are, I know you were just just (laughs) getting into this yesterday, but... It's, it should actually be called the December solstice at the very bottom because our here in the Northern Hemisphere, we call it the winter solstice. That for people in Australia is the longest day of the year for them. So this is, I'm drawing it Northern Hemisphere centric. I'm being Northern Hemisphere biased here, but the longest day of the year for us is the June solstice for them, it's the December solstice in the southern half because of the tilt of the earth, okay? So I'm going to bring in, here's, I even called them the June solstice and the December solstice. For us, the December solstice is the shortest. But on the lower half of the year, the, when we're tilted away, they're obviously tilted towards the sun. So they get the longest day of the year there, okay? But the myths appear to be using the northern hemisphere system. What that means for ancient history, we could talk about, but not to get distracted. Does this help show, you know, the, the where the solstices and, and yeah. equinoxes lie? Okay, great. And I'm actually going to show it on a planetarium, how we see it from the earth, so you can see what's actually happening. But this system, the ancient myths are using this. It actually relates to events in our life in a metaphorical way. In other words, they use the plunge down into the lower half to represent something about our life. And this turning point at the very bottom where we get the shortest day and then we turn back up, it represents things like getting in touch with who you really are, recovering who you really are, getting in touch with your self that's been suppressed. That's This system is all a system of metaphor, but it's, this diagram is confusing. So it's like Mr. Miyagi using wax on, wax off. He's going to tell you a story or give you a metaphor so that you understand something that's conceptually harder to grasp. So that's what the myths are doing. They're like wax on, wax off. So you can grasp these powerful truths and they're using this system of the the stars to do it okay hopefully that's all right your, hopefully that, that makes no, sense I, yeah 100 percent. right on so i'm going to jump over to this uh planetarium app that i love to use called stellarium and just show what we just saw on 
that diagram. What that diagram is trying to show is what actually happens during the year. So I'm going to move the sun to the highest point here at, it would be noon, but we've got daylight savings and things like that. But you can see the sun, basically, as we go through the day, the sun moves from east to west. We're looking south in this. So you can see it moving from the left to the right on the screen. Are you guys tracking it? Are you able to see it? Yeah, I mean, according to this picture, it's not a globe, but more of a skateboarding ramp. Yeah, it's a skateboarding ramp. Very good. (laughs) Yeah, we're in a half pipe. The, uh, <laughs> the half pipe theory of the earth. Now, what I'm going to do is actually remove the earth right now so that we can see all the way down to the south celestial pole. So hold on to your seats while I remove the earth and you <laughs> look all the way down. You see all the way down to the bottom there. It's like we're inside of a giant sphere. We're not really inside of a giant celestial sphere, I don't believe. But the way, because we're turning, it makes this... Uh, it makes the stars go around in this motion. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to move each day. I'm going to keep the sun at noon and show you where it moves each day. So as what I'm doing is I'm advancing the days. I started in the middle of July. So I'll, I'll just dial back. Here's July 4th, Independence Day. The sun is in Gemini. That's the constellation Gemini that you see it in. Look at how high up it is on your screen. As we go through the year, what I'm doing is I'm advancing each day, but I'm keeping the sun at noon. So this is its highest point. You can see that its highest point is getting lower as we go through the year. You see that? And what just happened here, this is the equinox where it crosses. This is the zero line. It crosses that halfway line. So as we keep going through the year, now it's going into the lower half of the year. The sun is physically lower in the sky for us in the Northern Hemisphere because we're tilted. We're basically, the, the, the North Pole is behind the back of our heads as we're looking south. You get it? The tilt is going that way. So the sun, as we're tilted away, the sun is lower in the sky. And as we're going down, 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 we're almost down into Scorpio. I'll show you some of these constellations in a little bit. In between Scorpio and Sagittarius there, see I'm coming up on December. If you look on the counter at the bottom, December 21st, that's the lowest point. It's all the way down in between Scorpio and Sagittarius. You see what's happening? That's the lowest point. Now it's going to start turning back up. Right there. Is that our, sh- our shortest day? That's the shortest day. See, because the sun is making an arc very low to the horizon. So it's rising later in the east and it's setting yeah. earlier in the west. That's why when you get up in the morning, you're like, why is it still dark? Or you're leaving work at four o'clock or you're still at work at five o'clock and you're like, it's pitch blackout. But in the summer, it's still, sun is still up at like 9 p.m. because it's higher in the sky because of where we are on the, oops, I'm going backwards. So this is what that zodiac diagram is doing is just a way of showing on a piece of paper this phenomenon that happens as we go through the year the sun is moving through these different background stars. It's showing where we are on the cycle. And the myths use this cycle. The highest point means something. The lowest point means something. Where we cross over means something. Now we're reaching the highest point again. See, it's up there. By, see how that's working? Yeah. All right. So we don't need to, uh, you know, what program spend, are you spend using? all day on that. That's it's called Stellarium. Okay. 
it was actually up on the screen really briefly on my slideshow. I'll go back. Actually, I'll go back to my uh, slideshow now and, and drive on. Are you able to see the, the slideshows? It's called Stellarium. Yeah, I love it. So, so, and you know, the lowest point that is, that is around where Jesus dies, right? And then the resurrection. The, yeah, the, so that's a great question. So you would you would think that that's around where we would celebrate the crucifixion and the resurrection, but those are actually celebrated at Easter, right? Easter is actually, so let me go backwards on my slideshow. Easter is actually observed at the point of the equinox where we're coming back up. So let me just forward ahead. You can see the shortest day the December solstice is actually where we celebrate the birth or observe the birth of Jesus. That's where the rituals around the birth of the divine, part divine, part human, the God man. Half is, man, half amazing, shape-shifting Jesus. Holla at your boy. <laughs> right at the very bottom. So why would that be? Because that's the point of turning upwards. That symbolizes the regain so so what would you think would be would represent death and what would you think would represent life if you had to take this this half of the circle the upper half the days are longer everything is warm it's summer and the lower half is winter cold days are short which side would be death and which side would be life longer nights is death yeah longer days is life that's what you would think. But, and I base this off of the work of a researcher who came well before my time, Alvin Boyd Kuhn, who was born in 1885 and died in 1963. He had this brilliant insight that actually the ancient myths use the lower half to represent this life. Because we're down here in this body, this physical body, this realm of confusion. It's like I put up that picture of Bruce Lee in the Hall of Mirrors. We're in this realm of, we're mixed up with physical matter. We're, we're away from our spiritual, you know. The upper yeah, half dude, is like the yeah. So, hey, man, that fits in the uh, flat earth, dude, realm. <laughs> I believe we live in a realm, man. That's why I believe this is one of the 365 dimensions ran by yeah, Abraxas, yeah. the chicken snake god. <laughs> well, we'll get into that too. I've, I've, I got that in there if we get to it. So the lower half down as we're plunging down into this lower half, this realm of confusion, the lower elements, the physical body where our spirit is tangled up with, we've got spiritual impulses, but we've got physical impulses. The turning point is that lowest point. That's where we start to reconnect with the higher self, or that's where the, the divine self is reborn that's why the birth happens down there at the december solstice and people may be listening and saying what is this guy even talking about I, you know divine self it has to do the the suppression of who we really are of our self that happens we've talked about it in yes dude this is everything disconnected is from everything. who you really are yes to, to, to really yes. to really reach your potential you there you have these doubts these doubting parts of you that suppress who you really are that have been put in place because of you know when you were a child you were taught this or taught that not because your parents were trying to do things wrong but you you learned okay i don't want to 
I don't want to show that kind of courageous part too much because my dad uh, gets threatened when I'm too courageous and he suppresses it. And you learn to suppress it yourself or you've been told you never do anything right. Or you, th- you know, you have this, something happened to you in. Dude, you know, for grade. sure. I always my- try. Go ahead. You know, I have kids now and I'm just always yeah. trying not to push my shit onto them, you know, and, like to the best of my, because make no doubts about it, there is generational trauma passed down from generation to generation. And it's, it's just like, you know, I talk about it all the time, but it's like how much of the stuff that we know about, uh, we identify with is stuff our parents told us about our group. You know, I don't care what group it is. You're always and they're told not trying to hurt you. They're not. They're they're doing their best. But yeah. oh yeah, for sure. But, I mean, everyone's trying to do the best they can. But it's like generational trauma. People are like fighting wars from decades, if not centuries ago, and it's it's just one hundred percent. It's like it's so. I just watch my kids. I'm just like, be positive energy towards them. Don't put your shit on them to the best of my abilities. Yeah, no, I mean, it's so important. And I've got a 21-year-old and a 19-year-old. And it's, and so when I talk to someone who's got, you know, children your age, I'm like, oh, there's so many things I wish I had done differently. But, you know, we, we try our best. But the fact is, you know, we do take on those, you know, the critical voice of maybe it was your mother or your father, you know, you can never do anything right or whatever. And it becomes internalized in your head. But there's a self down there. The good news is... Th- there's an indestructible self that can't actually be damaged no matter what you went through. Even if you went through some horrific trauma, there are cutting edge psychologists, healers like Gabor Mate, like Dr. Richard Schwartz, who have talked to thousands and thousands of men and women. And they say, it is amazing. There is a self down there, no matter what you went through, that is ready to help you live up to your full potential because you have all this potential, but it's being suppressed. The recovery of that self is so important. If you want to be a successful comic athlete, whatever you, you know, you, we, we know we have to get over certain like voices in our head that are saying this or criticizing that that's part of what this is talking about. The recovery of who you really are, that divine self, that immortal self, that indestructible self is down there and they represent it as being born at the solstice because that's the lowest point it's been pushed down and then it comes back whoa that's pretty cool and that's <laughs> it, so relevant so cool. to right now it's so this whole political correctness stuff is all about just you begging for people to help you it's trauma. Trauma is the separation from yourself. That is the definition. If you talk to some of these cutting edge psychologists like Dr. Peter Levine or Dr. Gabor Mate that I mentioned, they define trauma not as something that happened to you. There are traumatic events, but the response to that trauma is to separate from yourself. And if you don't see at this point that there are people out there who are deliberately inflicting trauma on people in deliberate operations like things that are going on all around us right now you know at this point everyone should see that there is actual deliberate trauma being imposed 9-11 was a traumatic event and it wasn't what we were taught told that it was 
the COVID operation that's going, you can't say that the lockdowns that are happening right now in California, that the people who are locking you down believe what they're telling you. Yeah, I mean, we can look at it and say there, there's a disconnect. It we know they really don't traumatic. because they don't follow it themselves. So it's an Have operation. Have you ever seen Bill Gates in a mask ever? <laughs> I mean, there's this thing that was killing people the way they want to. Bill Gates would, one, never be seen again. He'd be hiding away in one of his weirdo uh, underground bases. And two, he'd be walking around with a hazmat suit on. You know what That's Biden right. just said, right? Biden just said that when he becomes president, it's 100 days of mask up. He just said that a couple hours ago. Dude, For the whole, guy, everything that's government, I mean, he said airplanes, airplanes, buses, anything that's government bound, he's going to put mask up for 100 days. Yeah, so I don't want to get too off on the, I know you guys have talked about it a lot, but yeah. if you can't see that it's an operation designed to traumatize, and it's, and it's inflicting massive economic trauma on people, and think of all the kids, you know, if their dad or mom worked at a restaurant or a hairstylist or whatever, the, it is is designed to demean and demoralize. I'm not saying that there's not an actual, um, that there's not an actual virus out there. This that is was, psychological yeah. torture on a global level. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the elites attempting to change the rules of engagement. And we'll see how And divide the out. people and divide the people. And I heard your, your great interview with Whitney Webb, divide the people from themselves. They're more, easy to control. The people cannot get together. If you're divided even from yourself, how can you get? To, so that's what this is actually about. So I'll show you just to, to, to get back to the Christmas. Uh, so the, the birth of Jesus is actually connected with the bottom of the cycle. The rebirth is connected at that equinox point when we go back up into the upper half of the year the the easter the the east the whole easter um celebration is geared off of the date of the solstice of the of the spring equinox not the solstice sorry the spring equinox and the new moon it's actually or the full moon sorry it's the moon it's a moon and sun but it's connected to the point on this dial that's at the nine o'clock position off on the left of your screen as you're looking at it, the March equinox. Off of that equinox is where they place the date of Easter and the date of Passover. So to answer your question, it was a long answer to your question, but it was a great question. But the birth, the rebirth, uh, or the first birth, sorry, uh, the, the, the birth, the recovery of that divine self is traditionally associated in the myths at that lowest point, because that's where you start to recover who you really are. So let me show you, I don't know if it's the greatest segue in the world, but this is the, the birth story, the Jesus birth story. And I put up again, remember, don't use this to beat people up over the head. If they want to believe literally that what I'm going to show you is it cannot really easily be taken literally. So I don't know if, you know, people who are watching who don't want to see this is like Bruce Lee punching you. It could, it could be, it could be damaging if your whole world is built on 
the idea that the Bible is in, intended to be taken literally. But this is a map. I just chose a you know early 1600s map. But you can see here, this is the Mediterranean. Can you recognize what we're looking at? There's Egypt with the yeah. Nile down there at the bottom. And Jerusalem, I actually circled it, is right there. That's the Holy Land, right? Are we tracking? So just to make sure everyone understands east and west, because it's important to this uh, diagram that I'm going to show you. West is to the left. East is to the right. If you think of the east coast of the U.S., obviously that's, there's east coast over there, west coast over there on the left, right? We're all tracking. North and south on this map are up and down. So now I'm going to bring in the text of Matthew. And we all know this, or most of us have heard this story. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Right? We all kind of north-south on that. Buddhist that. Kung Fu monks, is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, I'm going to show you that this is not literal. So the reason I showed Mr. Miyagi saying to Daniel-san, be careful how you use this, or don't, don't be like those kids at school that are beating you up with it. What I'm going to show you is this is not literal. It's, so this cannot be literal because they came from the east to Jerusalem. That's pretty plainly stated right there in the lines that I... So on the map, it's pretty clear they came from the east to Jerusalem. You see the arrow there? But we have a problem. I, I would argue there's a problem taking this literally on the terrain itself, on the map itself, because the star, we've all heard of the star of Bethlehem, that we saw in the east. They said, hey, we saw his star in the east. The star in the east went before them. I underlined it down there in verse 9. It came and stood over where the young child was. You see how there's a, a bit of a head scratcher. There's a bit of a problem here. They started, they came from the east to Jerusalem. The they're, they're following a star that was Party. in the east. Right. Which direction are they going? West. West. XG is saying, wait a minute. What did they do? Go east, go all the way around the circular spherical earth and then get to Jerusalem? Xavier Guerrero living dangerous. <laughs> I know, they're fucking up. If the, if the star was in the east, they would have to go that way. If they oh, followed yeah. the star, they followed the star, which went in the east and it went before them. What's going on here? It's not literal. That's what's going on. It is talking about the stars in the sky. I showed you Stellarium. Here's a screenshot from Stellarium. I could go back into Stellarium and pull this up, but just for ease of speed and moving along, I'm going to show you this interpretation. Actually, this isn't one that I found. This came from a man named Robert Taylor who lived in the early 1800s. He's actually a reverend in England. And then he started somehow to realize that the Bible was based on the stars. They basically kicked him out of the church but he kept doing sermons and talking about different passages that were based on the stars. So this is his interpretation, but I'm going to circle a constellation here. Does anyone recognize that constellation famous belt there? Three stars. Can you see it? People it's trying Orion's to watch. Belt, is it? That's Orion. Yeah. People trying to watch on their cell phone might want to throw this up on the big screen or put it on your desktop. If you have. It laptop. looks like the mugshot of that guy that has a dented head. 
If you guys ever see that mugshot with the guy who has like the weird dent in his head, does that look just like him? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Sam. Trust me, but it's I'm accurate. All right. So there's the three belt stars. Now, traditionally, we talk about the three kings that came, right? It's not actually in the text that it's three kings, but notice that the stars, they go across the sky just like the sun does. They rise in the east and they set in the west. So where did they come from? They came from the east. They came from the east. Now they see his star. They say, we have seen his star in the east. Well, that would be a problem if we're talking about the earth, as we already saw, XG looked at the map and said it doesn't work, but it works just fine for the sky because this is describing events that happen in the sky. They came from the east, then they saw his star in the east. And I'm going to circle what Robert Taylor, and I agree with him on this case, believe they're talking about. His star in the east is a star that's to the east of the three kings when they're starting towards the west. They've come from the east, they're now towards the west. This star is a star in a different constellation that I'm now going to circle. What star might be associated with Jesus being born. Who is he born to? Who's his mother? Oh, Mary. Mary, who is what? Virgin Mary. Right. This is the constellation Virgo. XG went to Sunday school at some point. <laughs> that is a constellation Virgo, the Virgin right? It's a virgin. Yeah. He's the son of a virgin. Here's a picture. This is actually from Da Vinci. I believe he painted this when he was about 17 years old, Leonardo Da Vinci. This wow. is a picture of the Annunciation. That's the angel Gabriel. He's coming to announce to the Virgin Mary. You see over her head, she has a halo. I'm going to circle her. Do you see her posture? Do you see how she's sitting? And she has an arm that's kind of extended. Look at the outline of Virgo. I don't know if you can see it, but the actual constellation itself looks like it's sitting and has an extended arm. You see how the extended arm in the constellation, right where I circled the, the star, that's his star, is at the end of that extended arm. Here's a picture. This is from Botticelli, the famous painter Botticelli. You know that mural in Venice of the skateboarding Venus? Mm -hmm. Venus who's skateboarding? Or, or roller skating on Venice Beach. Yeah, yeah. That's a Botticelli. It's, a, it's an imitation of a Botticelli um, painting. Botticelli painted uh, the birth of Venus. Well, this is Botticelli painting baby Jesus. Where is Jesus usually portrayed in the lap of Mary? Right at the same place as that outstretched arm. You can even see the outstretched arm in the picture if you look closely. So that is the star. Does that make sense what I'm showing? Yeah. yeah. It's the same as in ancient Egypt. The goddess Isis had the baby Horus, and Horus, there she's breastfeeding baby Horus, but Horus is positioned at that same place. That's the star of the child of the Virgin Mary. Or the, and you see how it works for the heavens? They came from the east, but they still saw his star in the east. And then later in the text, it says they were warned in a dream that they should return, that they should not return to King Herod. So they departed into their own country 
another way. They went back home a different way. Which way did they go back home? East. Yeah, they kept going. They went under. They're going to get back to the east by going west. You see that? They're sinking down into the west. They're returning back home, but they're going to do it under the earth, you know, if it was a flat earth. But they're going under the earth to get back to the east. They're not going back the way they came. They're going back a different route. You see how it all works for the stars? Damn. And there's even more to this story that shows that this is a very valid interpretation. You cannot say that it is literal if they're following a star in the east and they came from the east. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Now, people who take the Bible literally might be going, I feel like I just got punched in the stomach, you know, (laughs) but this is actually, it doesn't mean it's not true. It means it's not literal. It's about reconnecting with your higher self. And if we've got to, if, if you're okay to continue, I'm going to show you a festival from India that actually takes place around this time of year as well. They just celebrated it on November 21st this year. This is a festival that's called the Nag Nathaya Festival. It's a different, you know, totally different culture than the Bible stories, but this is Krishna. You see, there's a young man up there playing a flute. He's standing on a special tree that they, they've, they've actually rigged up this tree every year they do it to reenact this myth about Krishna. When Krishna, the, he's a God, he's an avatar of Vishnu, was playing one day as a young man. Nobody knew he was a God yet. Uh, a ball rolled into this river where these giant serpents lived a giant serpent called the Kaliya Nag. I'll show you him in a minute. The giant serpent. This should ring a bell for Sam. who's always talking about the snakes versus eagles, right? Yeah. Okay. We'll That's what that. I was thinking. Awesome. So they reenact this every year of Krishna defeating this serpent. The serpent was, was basically tyrannizing everybody. He wouldn't let any cows go drink in the river. He wouldn't let any kids play in the river. Any birds that flew over the river, the serpent's poison would cause them to just fall out of the air because he would just, his poison was so poisonous in the river, it made it you know, deadly gas above the river and the birds would just drop dead. And Krishna said, this is not good. I'm going to fix that serpent. He's being, he's, he's out of his boundaries. So he pretended he was playing ball. The ball goes in the river. He goes in the river. Everyone says, oh, that kid's going to be dead. They don't realize he's actually the God Krishna. The the serpent comes up and says, who's in my river? What do you think you're doing? He's a multi-headed cobra. And Krishna starts actually dancing on his heads while playing this flute. And the, the serpent is like, what the heck is going on with this young man? And then Krishna <laughs> gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and the and he assumes the weight of the whole universe. And now blood is coming out of the mouth of the different cobra heads. And he says, I can't take it anymore. You must be a God. What do you want me to do? And Krishna says, stop terrorizing the people. Go, you know, be, uh, you know, be a better serpent and uh, every, everything. So they reenact this every year. And they have this, the young man jumps into the river. And then all the, the older guys in the village, they push this um, serpent you know, and he plays his flute. You see how he's playing his flute? And all these people watch it. Okay. They're reenacting every year this particular story, this myth. Now I'm going to show you what it is in the sky. And I'm just going to circle these constellations. If you can see, can you see them on your screen okay? Yes. All right. I'm, this constellation that I've circled, I've circled two actually. The one on top is the constellation Ophiuchus. 
a really important constellation. And it's right above the constellation Scorpio. And you can see the Milky Way right there. Can everyone see the Milky Way? So that's the river that Krishna jumps into. That's the river where the serpent is hiding. And the serpent is hiding in the river, the Kaliya Nag. It's spelled Naga, N-A-G-A. Like if you ever watch Ricky Tikki Tavi, Nag and Nagaina, it's a Sanskrit word for a cobra. That is this constellation here. And I draw it with multiple heads because you see all these stars. In many myths, this serpent has multiple heads. That's the constellation Scorpio. It's right Damn. underneath the feet of Ophiuchus. Now, remember the story of Krishna dancing on the cobra's head, the multi-headed cobra? I put a picture. This is a, a sculpture from India. That's showing the same episode from myth. You see Krishna there? Yep. He's dancing on the head of the cobra, the multi-headed, five-headed cobra, and he's playing his flute. You see the flute? Yeah. There's the flute right there. Just like we saw the young man in the, who reenacts it every year. Every year they choose, you know, a young man in the village to do this. And in this sculpture, they've also got, he's holding in his other hand. You see on the other side of the flute, he's holding up. I think that's a lotus flower right there. You see that? Yeah. Now look at Ophiuchus. Can you see anywhere that shows that he's playing a flute? See right there? That's the flute that he's holding out. Can you see it? Yep. You're supposed to go, oh my gosh. Holy <laughs> shit. All right. No, I, I see what you're talking about. And there's the flower in the other hand. You see that? That's so interesting. And what's he standing on top of? What's Ophiuchus standing on top of? The multi-headed serpent that's represented by Scorpio. Do you see how this... This myth is clearly tracking with the stars. This is how you can see this around the world in the myths around the world. Is it XG? You're looking yeah. doubtful. No, no, I'm, I'm looking at the thing. Is but it hard so, to see? Sometimes I invert the background so it's easier to see, but can you see no, the outline? I totally pictures? see it. I totally see it. So you're, it's saying crazy. All, you're saying all myths are based around the stars? This is exactly yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, all these stories the and the figures. Minutes, that's what he's been that's saying. What, so the figure of Krishna, I'm not saying Krishna is not real, but it is a story that is based on the stars in order to teach you about recovering yourself. Or one of the parts, one of the main messages of the story is reconnecting with your divine self, re reconnecting with your indestruct that indestruct a, a better way to say it might be your indestructible self no matter what trauma you've been through there is a self down there that is actually indestructible that is your divine self your higher self now go ahead Sam. so real quick i got so the these uh myths they've been around for centuries if not thousands of years right thousands of years so according to this, the first telescope was uh, invented in 1608. How did they see all these stars like? I mean, it's just, it's yeah. kind of crazy. Well, so all the things that I'm showing you, you can see with your naked eye. Okay, so the, the outlines of the constellations, we could go out tonight in, 
in uh, a place that's not bad light pollution. You know, you'd probably have to get out of the middle of LA and come up here on the central coast where I am near San Luis Obispo, but we could see all those constellations and I could show you the outlines and you could see them without a telescope. Now there are some interesting things where you say, did these guys have telescopes? Like there are myths where you wonder if they were aware that Saturn had rings. And there are also some pieces of art that are so small that are carved. I could show you (laughs) carved on a stone like this small where the details are more detailed than way more detailed than artwork that we have on our quarters and our nickels and our dimes. And you're wondering if they had some kind of optical and they may have, I don't know, but where these came from, I don't know, but they're already, they're already present in the most ancient myths of Egypt, Mesopotamia, India. So it's probably from something even more ancient than those cultures. And those cultures are 6,000 years ago. Well, 4,000 to 6,000 years ago. Dude, it's crazy, man. It's it just crazy. crazy. It's just, I just makes me believe that there's been several civilizations. And well, just... and, the, and, and they're all using the same system. So the same system is in play in the myths of the Pacific. I mean, the myths of Maui, the, the hero god Maui, who's part, he's part mortal, part divine in the cultures of the Pacific, like the cultures of Hawaii or Tahiti or New Zealand, Aotearoa, and the cultures of Africa. So it's worldwide. So where did, how did they all get the same system around the world? Because I just showed you, you know, India, ancient India, people would say, don't tell me that the myths of India are related to the myths of the Bible. They're using the same system. Yeah. they're hey, using David, the what, same system. What do you think about the Aztecs and the Aztec calendar and the whole, were they right on the whole astrology? Yeah, well, that's so. a, that's a big thing right now. They say December 21st is supposed to be. So yeah. They said the Romans at, like effed up the calendar by 10 years. Yeah. So this is supposed to be the actual. By yeah. Eight years. Or eight so years 2012 to 2020. No, it is a good question. So, um, so XG, the Maya, so first of all, when the conquistadors came over to the U.S., they immediately set about burning all the Maya texts. I mean, the Maya had this incredible knowledge of the stars. Oh, they were they do that all the time, and, and they destroyed all these texts. So we don't know everything. That uh, it was a tr- tremendous loss to human history, right? But what did uh, what was written down? There's a an epic called the Popol Vuh. And that is based on the same system. In fact, there are, there are amazing connections like the Norse myths. I talk about this in my book on the Norse myths. There's a, there's a, a, a Jotun named Hurakin, and there's a god in the Maya uh, myths called Hurakan. And they both have similar characteristics. And you're going, what is this? And so, but now to your question of these cycles that are talking about the end of the calendar or the end of the world. First of all, I don't think it's the end of the world. I think they're talking about a new age, a new processional age. So when I showed that diagram of the Zodiac, I was showing it in the age of Aries. I don't want to get too into the technicalities of procession, but over the ages, those, the sun gets the background of stars gets delayed. So the sun is creeping ahead to the preceding constellation. So we go from the age of Aries 
into the age of Pisces, into the age of Aquarius. Everyone's heard of the age of Aquarius. So I believe that all those stories about the revelation, the apocalypse, the Ragnarok stories of the Norse myths have to do with that processional shifting and they're using it in a metaphorical way. It's not the literal end of the world. So then, so in 2012, I was writing about that. It's not the end of the world just because the Maya calendar decides to reset. It's talking about processional shifts. And now the eight year thing, first of all, when we switch from a, a Julian calendar to a Gregorian calendar, they did that because the, it's, it's related to the leap year. They had to change, okay, is it 364.24, 364.25? How long is the day? They actually shaved 11 minutes off of the day. Off the, they, what? They didn't shave 11 minutes off the day, Sam. What they did was they adjusted the calendar. They adjusted the leap year so it didn't happen every four years in every single year. So if the year ends in double zero, they won't put the leap year in there. They won't put the leap day in there. And what that effectively did was. Over years, over years, thousands of years. 11 minutes. Yeah. But there's a guy on Twitter who said, oh, they shaved 11 days off of each year. So if they shaved 11 days, it's 11 minutes. But he said 11 days. If they shaved 11 days off each year, then we must have lost eight years between the Julian calendar and the Gregorian calendar. And therefore, 2012 is 2020 and we're still in 2012 that's totally wrong that guy was either confusing or deliberately confusing 11 minutes with 11 days we're not really in 2012 but that has to do with this calendar system which is imposed by who the pope gregory Ah, so there they are once (laughs) again the jesuits show their faces well so so keeping track of time this is something that the priests did in every culture. That's, the Egyptian priests would watch for the new moon. The priests in the Old Testament would watch for the new moon. Keeping track of the calendar is a fun, it's connected because why? All these stories are based on the stars in the heavenly cycle. So it makes sense for them to all be connected. But actually, that whole thing about 2020 is really 2012 was being hyped around June 21st. They were saying, oh, the end of the year, end of the world is going to be on June 21st, 2020. And obviously we didn't have the end of the world, or at least I don't think we had the end of the world. It could be that we actually had it and we're all, you know, we're in a simulation now. But so when June 21st didn't work out to be the end of the world, now it's going to be December 21st. Notice how it's always on a solstice. So, these are related to the ancient because the ancient myths are talking about celestial cycles. These end of the worlds are related to the celestial cycles and they're related to these specific shifting of the ages. I could see that we're probably getting too into the weeds. No, <laughs> not at all, dude. I'm all about that. So, so that whole that. 11 day shift, I think is completely, it's either an innocent mistake or a deliberate mistake. We didn't, you couldn't lose 11 days a year off of those two calendars and not have people just be completely screwed up. So I believe it was an 11 minute change to fix basically a calendar because the earth, if the earth goes around the sun, you know, there's some people think the sun goes around the earth and yeah. I'm not actually going to laugh at that because I've seen some good arguments that the Kepler system has serious problems. Okay. But Dude, that's why I believe we live in a realm. 
You okay. can literally find enough information for both sides of the argument. And therefore, we live on whatever you want us to live on. Well, yeah. So any, any hypothesis has to explain what we see, right? So if the earth goes around the sun, you got to be able to explain what we see with that model. If you want to say, actually, it could be that the sun goes around the earth, you've got to be able to explain what we see with that model. And then you say, okay, well, which one explains all the evidence better? And there's some evidence that shows the Kepler model of all the planets going around the sun with the sun being the only one in the middle is wrong. And we might be in a binary system where the sun has a companion, a binary star. And in fact, in more recent decades, astronomers have found almost every star they look at is a multiple. It's either a two or more than two stars in some kind of a relationship. So why would the sun be the only one over 80% two of the stars they found. So there may be two suns going on or some kind of a binary going on to where it's just not as simple as all the planets with the sun in the middle. But either way, Is we it don't possible turn... for the sun to be non-binary? Sure, it's possible. I'm, like I'm, a, not, like an expert. I'm not an trans expert trans or something? Is it possible <laughs> to have a trans sun? That's why they wanted to go to that system and say it's only in the center because they were trying to oppress a certain group of people. Ah, there you go. They didn't want you to know that about the sun. No. That goes both ways? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to try and keep up with your (laughs) your jokes. I want to just, I want to skate back to the original question. All right, let's get back to it. No, but, but actually, look, we switched to a one God we had all these systems around the world where there's multiple gods. And then we said, no, there's only one God. And then at around the same time, we said, oh, there's only one sun in the center of the universe or in the center of the solar system. So it could be related to that same. Look, we used to have calendars that were based on the sun and the moon. And then we replaced it with just focusing on the sun. Almost nobody focuses on the moon in China. They do like the Chinese new year. Anyway, I'm kind of, I'm skating no, all over the dude, place. This is all completely relevant. That's why when people say, is everything a conspiracy? The answer yes. is 100%. It is so deep. It is so deep. And it's like, you know, the beauty of like being a conspiracy theorist is like you're, you're a player in a video game and you just keep unlocking new levels. <laughs> and you just keep learning new shit. And it's awesome. Because the conspiracy world is so much more interesting than the mainstream news world, which is oppression, sickness, uh, you know, just uh, holding everybody down except for this small group of people. But the conspiracy world is like you control your destiny. The what do you call it? The higher you, the higher self. You can call it the higher you if you want that. What, what, What was your term? Well, the higher self, different cultures call it different things. The higher self, the divine self. In India, they call it Atman and Brahman. They're the, the divine self. <laughs> Sam's shaking his head. No, dude, I love it. I love the, it. I the, love the, it. And, and I would argue that it's all connected. So <laughs> I remember when I first, I was at a conference and I met Greg Carlwood for the first time. This was back in like 2012. And he said, what do you talk about? And I said, 
man, I talk about the biggest conspiracy in the world. This is the conspiracy that's at the center of all those conspiracies because it is the creation of the system that we're in, the system of that set up the feudal middle ages where you have a few people who own all the land and everybody else pays them rent. And that's what we're still in today. That system, when, whenever somebody tries to push back on that system, the system figures out a way to get your rent. You know, if you pay your, if you pay your registration in California, your car registration, you know, for 400 bucks, which is a tax, the, the thing at the bottom of the page will say, oh, and if you pay this by credit card, we're going to pay E-Ryzen e or some company 2% of that fee. Like, who is this E-Ryzen? It's not the state of California. It's some company that's just got, they just get 2% off of your $400 car just for the fact that you use the credit card. You anyway. know, the World Economic Forum or whatever they're called, uh, whatever, yep. Yep. Klaus Schwab. I mm -hmm. mean- I, I couldn't have a nope. more evil name than Klaus Schwab. You don't grow up and become like a comedian with a name like Klaus Schwab. But they put out a video. Did you see this video? It's like yep, I did what, what it. the world will be like in 10 years. You will own nothing and love it. And you'll be happy. And you'll have no privacy and you'll be happy. Yeah, and I heard, I heard the Whitney Webb interview. I'll and fucking I, fight that guy. That, well, that is, that is the idea of rent. You don't own anything and you'll cough at, well, We'll own it and you'll rent everything. I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy property right you, now. You won't have a wristwatch that you can, you know, give to your kid. You'll rent that wristwatch and you'll pay us rent on it. And then, you know, when you're done renting it, Dude, we'll take it this, back. This, this COVID thing has destroyed generational wealth, meaning families now can't pass down businesses to their children because those businesses are gone. I mean, this is the I mean I cannot believe that we don't have guillotines out right now. It's an operation. It's clearly an operation. Now, I'm not saying that there's not a disease either, and that disease could have been made in a lab. And you should listen to everyone should listen to Dave Emery, uh, who's been podcasting or broadcasting for 40 years. Dave Emery uh, talks about a lot of stuff, but um, the, that is part of a system. It's not the new world order. This is the old world order. It goes all the way back to when the literalist operation came in and took over from the ancient wisdom. What I'm talking about is ancient wisdom. And then a group came in and said, oh, no, 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 no. This is not about connecting with your higher self. This is about literal people named Moses or Jesus that yep. you have to believe in as history. It's like they came in and said to Mr. Miyagi, oh, you know, that wax on, wax off. That's a great way of teaching karate. We don't want anyone to know karate. Everybody, waxing the car is just waxing the car. It cannot help you do karate. If you use it to do karate, you're a heretic. Yep. That's what yep. they're, they, they told you that it's just literal waxing the car instead of, no, it's waxing the car in order to learn something higher, something that will really help you, that will help you to stop bullies to stop tyrants to stop people who are oppressing you that's what that's what i think happened it's a do you want to get into the uh the, the eagle versus snake or yeah let's do it that's what i was trying to get back to i mean this is a great interesting discussion and i i could talk about it for hours i know that you're on a time 
schedule yep, go, sometimes. Go on Eagle's so, sake. I'm all about that. Right. So let me uh, get back to sharing the screen. All right. So we were, we were talking about, whoa, that's not that one I was on. We were talking about this one right here. Let me get back to, I was, because the story of Krishna, you know, I just told everybody that the story of the birth of Jesus with the kings and the star is not literal. It cannot possibly be literal. And people might be going, oh, no, that's, that's really um, taking the wind out of my sails. It's actually about something, I would argue, that the real meaning is very powerful, very profound, very uplifting, and, and it doesn't put others down. The, so we talked about how Scorpio is connected with that multi-headed serpent. Scorpio plays a lot of serpents in different myths. You might remember that Hercules fights a serpent with many heads, right? Have you guys heard of that one? Yeah, yeah. The, the Hydra, it had nine heads. Scorpio can have a different number of heads in different myths. Sometimes it's seven, sometimes it's five, sometimes it's nine. I mean, there's a lot of stars there. That's why I draw it with multiple heads. Well, so right above Scorpio is Ophiuchus. So there are many stories where Ophiuchus is fighting Scorpio. In fact, um, if you're named Michael, we showed in the last, the last time I was on your show, Michael fighting the dragon is related to Ophiuchus above Scorpio. Uh, Krishna fighting the Kaliyanag is related to Ophiuchus above Scorpio. But there's also an eagle which I'm going to show you. Oh, I got to show you that. I just got to go through all my animation. There's an eagle right here. I don't know if you can see that, but that constellation right there, can you look? It's right above the shoulder of Ophiuchus. Yeah, I see that. That constellation is actually called Aquila. That's Latin, but anyone who speaks Spanish knows that that word, this is the constellation of the eagle. It's called Aquila. In Spanish, that would be Aguila? Aguila. That's the, 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 the word Aguila in Spanish is eagle. It obviously descends from the Latin word Aquila for an eagle. That is the eagle that's above Scorpio. You see how Aquila is above Scorpio? Yeah. In the Milky Way. That's why you have so many myths where you have eagles or great birds who are fighting serpents. And in fact, even the Nagas in India... There's a, there's a great eagle god named Garuda, and he actually sits over the shoulder of a god who's associated with Ophiuchus. You can see why. Look at Ophiuchus and look at where Aquila is. There's a god named Vishnu. Krishna is actually an avatar of Vishnu. Vishnu is associated with Ophiuchus as well. And Vishnu's ride, Vishnu's chariot, Vishnu's vehicle is this great eagle Garuda and Garuda's main enemies are the Nagas, the serpents. So that's where the that's why we have an eagle grabbing a snake on top of a cactus on the flag of Mexico. There are so many myths about eagles and serpents, and it's this part of the sky. But I wanted to show you one other constellation right here. Damn. One more. Underneath Aquila, right next to Scorpio. It may be a little hard to see, but that constellation, we looked at it in the last one where I showed a Greek vase. That's the constellation Sagittarius, the archer. Can you see that 
The archer is holding like a bow pointed towards Scorpio. It's a little bit obscured by the Milky Way because the brightness of the Milky Way. Yeah, I can see it. But the reason I bring this up is in case people are asking, well, what does this all mean? It has to do with reconnecting with your higher self. This is why I went down this particular path of myths to try and show it. Because we showed that Krishna is associated with Ophiuchus. There's another episode concerning Krishna and a hero whose name is Arjun or Arjuna. It's spelled Arjuna, but if you're cool in Hindi, I think you almost always drop off that last A. So they say Arjun. Arjun is a very powerful warrior. He's the most powerful hero in this great epic called the Mahabharata. And Arjun's chosen weapon, his most powerful weapon is a bow. Is, it, the bow even has a name, Govinda. And this bow is so powerful. And Arjun even goes into heaven and meets with different gods and goddesses. And they give him celestial weapons. So he has all the weapons that he needs. And then he's going into this great battle, this great battle of Kurukshetra. It's, like, it's kind of like an apocalypse type battle. And right before the battle, he has Krishna as his charioteer. Krishna has agreed to be his charioteer. Krishna is a god. He says, I'll be a non-combatant. I'll be your charioteer. I'll steer your chariot for you. I won't fight for you. You've got to do that yourself. But you've got everything you need, Arjun. You've got the bow. You've got these heavenly weapons. You are the greatest warrior of all time. You can easily win. And right before the battle, what does Arjun do? He gets out of the chariot. He gets down on the ground. And he says, I don't think I want to fight. I'm filled with doubt. I'm filled with misgivings. I don't know what's right. Should I get into this battle? Should I not? I think it'd be better if I just sit here in the dust and let the opposing armies kill me. And Krishna says, Arjun, you're filled with doubts. We need to get you to do your duty. We need you to stop doubting. We need you to not worry about the outcome and do what is right. And that speech between Krishna and Arjun becomes the Bhagavad Gita. You've heard of the Bhagavad Gita. That's the, the most translated book and most copied book in the world other than the Bible, I'm pretty sure. The Bhagavad Gita is one of the most beloved scriptures. And it's all this conversation between Krishna and Arjun in this battle. Does Arjun have everything he needs to fight the battle? Absolutely. He has all the tools. He has all the skills. He has all the weapons to succeed. But what's holding him back? His own doubts, his own his own different parts of himself, different voices in his head. He says, I can't do it. And Krishna says, listen, we got to get down to the heart of things. This whole story, I would argue, is about your higher self. Who's the higher self in this? It's Krishna. Krishna is the higher self. In the stories of the Bible, who's the higher self? Is Jesus. Jesus is the higher self. He's depicting how to reconnect with your higher self. I don't think we got to this the last time. So this would be this would be a great way, I think, to help people who are wondering, okay, well, if the Bible's all about the stars, a lot of astrotheology or people who are talking about that just say, well, that just means it's all fake. No, it doesn't. It's completely true. It's not literal. It's very powerful and it can help it. We need these it's truths. Stories to learn by. And, and stories to 
to live up to, to, to your potential. You've got all these gifts, but you're just like Arjun, you're capable of doing all these things. You mentioned that the world is shaped like a skateboard. You know, has any of you guys ever dropped in on a ramp on a half pipe? Uh, nope. It's yeah. scary. XG, you have. Scary. Did it's you nail scary. it the yeah. first time? You never do. You always eat shit. Why? You lean, you lean forward or you lean back too much. Yeah, you got to commit. And if you lean back even an inch, you're mm-hmm. going to loop out. And I know because I've done it a million times. But you may have all the skills to do it. You may have all the knowledge. Okay, I got to drop my shoulder. I got to lean towards the middle of the bowl. I got to. But if you have a single doubt in your head, you're going to loop out. Like Arjun, you may have all the tools, but you won't do it if doubts are in there. So in this, this is actually from a Gnostic gospel that they discovered later. It was suppressed by the literalist church. Jesus says to Thomas, you are my twin and true companion. You need to learn who you are. Since you will be called my brother, Thomas, you're my twin. It's not fitting that you be ignorant of yourself. He's telling him, a lot of people don't even know you have a true self. A lot of people don't even know that we have a suppressed self, this, this, this indestructible self that's down there because all the other parts of us have suppressed it. And you know Thomas what, doubts it. Yeah. It's got to be real hard to be Jesus' brother. I mean, that's, that's a lot of, I mean, you thought Michael Jordan's brother had it bad. I, I, imagine being Jesus's brother. That's why Thomas is so full of doubts. He's so full of doubts. And I would argue that this, this is how you reconnect. The higher self says, Thomas, I understand you're full of doubts. Let me, you've got to feel it. Just like if you drop in on a half pipe the right way, you felt it. Once you felt it, then you can do it at 10,000 times. You've got to feel it. It's like Danielson had to feel. If Mr. Miyagi said, you can stop my strongest punch, Danielson would have been like, uh, I'm full of doubt. I don't know. Wait, wait. If I hold my arm like that, once he feels it, he knows it. So this is, this is an illustration of reconnecting with your higher self. And it's all celestial. I, I could show you. I'll just finish with this. And then, we could go wherever you want, but this is a painting from the 1500s. This is doubting Thomas. They're almost always painted this way where Jesus is holding his hand over Thomas's hand. You see that? Mm-hmm. And Thomas has his fingers in a certain way. And actually the triangle of Thomas's arm makes a, a larger triangle. And then you see the woman behind there. She even makes another little triangle. You see that? They're putting it into the painting, the constellations. That's the constellation Capricorn right there next to Sagittarius. Can you see how that constellation is, is related to outline? Jesus puts his hand there in all these paintings. The, the, the artists are telling you, I know this is celestial, or at least they've been taught to paint it this way in the 1500s. It's pointing in a certain way. Even this behind there, that, that figure that I circled his face, that's probably Peter because he has a huge key hanging from his uh, lower hand there. He's looking one way and facing the other way. That's a characteristic of a different constellation, Sagittarius. And you see how his hand is in that shape? That's yeah. just shaped like they put these hand gestures in. They relate to the constellations. See how that relates to the constellation Sagittarius? Yeah. 
And oh. Capricorn, he's pointing, look at Capricorn's horns. They're pointing right at the leg, this forward leg of Aquarius. That's the constellation Aquarius. This is like a spear going into the side. You see that? Jesus is sometimes associated with Aquarius. I could show. So right there, he right there is a, that's when after Jesus gets stabbed, right? This is after Jesus comes yeah. back. This is yeah. after yeah. And he's then already, he's showing um, and then he's showing Thomas that he got stabbed. So technically, what you're saying is that never happened, but Jesus did get stabbed. Just that literal part, and that's just part of like. No. If you if you want to believe it happened, XG, you can believe it happened. No, no, I yeah. believe just, it. No, no, I believe no. it all. I believe it's all based on the stars. Okay, so that's what I'm asking. No, so it's a serious question. I mean, it's a serious question. I believe it's all based on the stars. I don't believe it had to literally happen, but some people get very, um, you know, their whole world will be destroyed by, by that. Okay, okay so, so there are serious academics though who think that that there was at least a historical Jesus, right? Yeah, there, there are. are. Yeah. 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 I, I see. I see. We got uh, got the echo just because Johnny's there. But yeah, that's a very good question. The whole question of whether the, the figures in the Bible could also be literal—that's probably the question I get the most. I'm going to stop share so we can just talk. That's probably the question I get the most. Do you believe that Hercules actually existed? I don't. But almost nobody does anymore. But probably in ancient times large number of people might have because i mean at least for me i was brought up catholic and i mean i never thought the virgin mary was actually a virgin but i did think she existed so yeah. to me when they told me that part i'm like okay i believe that that's a little part of like how it makes her more pure her being a virgin makes her pure so it makes jesus pure i kind of believe that i was like i get why you're telling me that but there's no way she was a virgin but then to me, I still believe that there was a lady that birthed this guy named Jesus. And that to you is like, you're telling me that that's just part of a constellation, which is I'm just wondering if, how much we should believe or what you think. Yeah. So, so actually you have virgin births in many, many myths around the world. The Buddha's mother, Maya, was a virgin or, or she, she had an immaculate conception. I'm not saying she was necessarily a virgin, but she had a dream of an elephant and then a, a, a white elephant carrying a lotus in its trunk and then she was found to be with child and her husband the king said wait a minute you're found to be with child and in the myths of ancient greece hercules in fact or heracles his mother was seduced by zeus and then uh, had twins because she got pregnant and but her husband came home later the same night and so one child was divine and one child is mortal. So we often have a divine child and a mortal child, just like in the story of Jesus and Thomas, Jesus is the divine twin. Thomas is the mortal twin. And so the virgin part of it is there's part, the divine part comes from, not from human birth. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so it could be that there are literal people and that they're based on the stars. But it would be very hard for that to happen without divine intervention. In other words, was there someone named Samson who's running around doing all this stuff, and then it also happened to be in the stars? And the Adam and Eve story can be shown to be in the stars. The Cain and Abel story can be shown to be in the stars. The crossing of the Red Sea, I can show it to you, it's in the stars. So if all those things actually happened and they're in the stars, 
then it must be that all those people's lives were being somehow guided. guided. Does that make sense? Well, well, you know what else? else? Go on, John. Well, there's a distinction here, though, right, between the actual story of Jesus as it's presented in the Bible and the possibility that a historical Jesus, a person named Jesus around that time existed, teaching maybe some radical ideas, right, that maybe don't include celestial sort of influence, you know, events like the the miracles and that kind of thing, right? Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, I feel like if you can piece those out. That's That's right. But but what I'm saying is everything, virtually everything in the Bible, I won't say everything, but virtually every figure and story in the Bible can be shown to be based on the stars. So if there was, I don't think we can use the Bible as the text to figure out anything about who those people were, because the Bible is based on the stars. But I don't actually, it's not a, you see what I'm saying? You can't say, oh, I'm going to get some clues out of the Bible about this literal person named Moses. Moses. What do you say to the historians, though, who, I mean, they've, I know, like, Bart Ehrman is a pretty famous New Testament scholar, and he was, he was uh, a professor at my college, and he, he says that, you know, while much of the New Testament is influenced by, according to him, influenced by, you know, much older stories, uh, there is some historicity there, you know, I mean, there are some things that historians have found that have been, you know, cross-referenced with events that would make them believe, in his case, Bart Ehrman, the, the New Testament scholar, believe that there was a historical Jesus. Now, what, I mean, what would you say, are people just finding patterns where there aren't any? What would you say to that? No, no so, so I think, so obviously Bart Ehrman's super famous, the Jesus Project, and, um, and that's, I'd love to talk to him. <laughs> I'd love, I'd love to, to ask him, have you looked at the evidence that all the stories in the Bible are based on the stars. Because the fact is, what I'm talking about is not widely known. I mean, I don't know why this isn't, this is huge news, but if Bart is, Bart Ehrman, Professor Ehrman is saying, hey, this matches up with stories from India of Krishna. You know why? Because they're all based on the same system. <laughs> now, most, most conventional professors will back off at some point because if I say, oh, and it's also the same system that's in the Americas and it's also the same system that's in ancient China and in Hawaii, they'll go, hold on, that's impossible because what you're saying is somehow there, <laughs> there was a worldwide connection. And well, I'm saying, here, yeah. Here's my opinion. Yeah. I, here's my opinion is this, is like the Bible, just like a lot of these holy books were vi- written very, 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 very far after the people they're writing about were alive, right? What was it, 400 years after the death of Jesus, the Bible was written? Was it 100 years after Muhammad Mo, uh, uh, was no, no longer with us, or 75 years, the, the Quran was written? So I think it's possible for both to be true. Basically that there, there probably was a guy. If you talk to Buddhists, they'll talk about how he visited uh, temples in the east that there's actually logs that have him logged in at these Buddhist temples. And then afterwards, because, you know, the black nobility, whoever it is, the Romans who were sun worshipers, decided to take the story that Christians were using and take their their stories and kind of do a almost a mixed martial arts version 
uh, and combine them. So as we know, they say it all the time. So they get the pagans behind Christianity. So I believe it for sure it's possible that he did exist and they just embellish the stories. I mean, it's like the story of Facebook, right? Like the movie Facebook makes you want to believe that he ripped off these two twins, Mark Zuckerberg ripped off these two twins, and that's how we got Facebook. But what we really know is that there was a government program called LifeLog, and that was basically, and they just picked Zuckerberg to be the guy that, that basically uh, presents it to the world. I mean, like, that's really what happened. So there's an, official, there's an official narrative, and then there's what really might have happened. And that's why I just think what happened with this. They took Jesus, who was probably of 100% very influential. I mean, the Buddhists think he was a starseed. And most of the fights between religions are where the power ranking of Jesus Christ is. That's basically what it is. So I think it's possible for both to have happened. That's just me. No, I think it's a hugely uh, important and interesting question, and it, it could be both. Um, you know, I, I don't get dogmatic on it. What I show is that the, what I can prove is that these stories are based on the stars. Then there's all this other very interesting and very important debates that come from that, as in, well, where did that, where did that come from? How is the same system being used in the myths of North American, Native American nations? How is the same system being used in the myths of ancient Greece, ancient Egypt, ancient Mesopotamia, ancient China? How is that? I can show that it is going on. And the question of, okay, could it also have been literal, you know, and celestial at the same time? I've got some reasons why I don't think so. Or the question is, <laughs> why is it only the Bible stories then are literal. Like if, 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 a, if we find the same story of Samson slaying a lion and Hercules slaying a lion, which one really happened? Well, Samson, you know, maybe he was a literal strong guy and Hercules was just a heroic figment of, you know, myth. What about Maui? Was, was he literal? It could be, but it's clearly based, it is, what I can show is that they are based on the stars. It's a little easier to counterpunch against the, the people who are literalists, though, than it is to, to have a discussion like this with people who just are saying that there's some historical evidence. Yeah, there. no, it's, it's a, a great, great point. point. It's, 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 it's a, a great, great point, point Johnny. Johnny. And, and, and the, the question, question for those guys, guys for those, those professors, you know, is have you looked at the evidence that it's all based on the stars? Um, and... In, in part of a worldwide system that's all based on the stars, because I can show that evidence. I've, you know, I've written now 5,000 pages of, of evidence with charts and star charts and illustrations that, sh that shows that. And so when they find, you know, an archeological ruin and say, oh, this must be Troy, the Trojan War must have really happened. I can show you that the Trojan War in the Iliad is based on the stars. When you find a city and say, oh, this must be Troy, okay, that's fine. You find some stables and say, oh, these must be Solomon's stables that they talk about in these verses from first Kings. Okay. Are there Maybe. other events like that that are actually established uh, in, in the mainstream as having happened that, that you believe were based in the stars? Uh, well, well, there, there is, is one. Uh, 
actually the Mexican flag. He's right. The, the, there was an aguila and the scorpion. And if you look at the Mexican flag, it's an eagle eating a snake. And uh, I guess a shaman, an Aztec shaman, told one of the conquistadors that when he sees uh, eagle eating a snake on a cactus, that that's Mexico. And that's on a flag right now. So it has to do with the constellation at the end of the day. Because, I mean, if you look at the Mexican flag, it, it's, it's based off of that myth. And that myth comes off the constellations because he just proved it that the Aguila with the scorpion. I mean, that is part of the mainstream as of right now. And you can find, you can find birds fighting serpents in China, you know, in the, in the, the story of Wing Chun Kung Fu, which is what Bruce Lee studied. We started off with Bruce Lee. Wing Chun Kung Fu was founded. The legend of its founding was by a woman who looked at the, the style of a, a crane fighting a snake. And she said, okay, I'm going to take some moves from the snake. I'm going to take some moves from the crane and I'm going to create a new system of Kung Fu. And it's a snake crane system. And they show the crane fighting the snake. So this pattern is, is worldwide. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great question. It's a great topic. I don't believe that the Trojan war, you know, if you're trying to prove that the Trojan war happened, you can't go to the Iliad and look at the Iliad for evidence because the Iliad is all based <laughs> yeah. on the stars. That's what I'm saying. But you do have historians who believe that Heinrich Schliemann found the ruins of Troy and said, oh, look, we found the ruins of Troy. Nobody thought the Trojan War really happened. I found the ruins where, they, where I said they would be. Therefore, the Trojan War happened. Well, that's a pretty big jump across a, a pretty big stream to say, I found these ruins. That proves that the Iliad at least something in there is literal. There must have been an Achilles. There must have been a Hector. There may have been an Achilles. There may have been a Hector. But what I'm saying is the Achilles in the book of the Iliad or in the poem of the Iliad is celestial. In the Hector, I can show you which constellation he meets up with. And it all has to do with that circle of the year that I showed. The upper half, the sunny part of the year, when Achilles puts on his his armor is shining like the sun and no one can look at it. Hector is the lowest half of the year. He's associated with horses down by Sagittarius. And he, is, he has a black plume on his helmet. He's the lower half. The Trojans are the lower half of the year. It's a, all these are based on celestial metaphor. And they're not just talking about when's a good time to plant crops. They're actually using this cycle as a metaphor, like Mr. Miyagi used wax on, wax off, to teach you a kind of kung fu that will help you in your life. That's my, after looking at it for a long time, that's what I believe that it is doing. I and, love it, dude. I love it. Dave, we got jammed because uh, I just, my phone is blown up. I got 800 meetings to get on to. But as always, it is a honor and a privilege to talk to you. I, I think there's definitely validity to what you're saying. And I think that I personally think that this is an uh, uh, offense. I, I don't find it offensive to uh, the Bible. I don't find it offensive to Christianity. Uh, that's just me personally. And I'm sure there's going to be some people to get upset, but I personally believe that this is all about finding your higher self. So I appreciate you, Dave. Dave, one more time. Can you please tell them where they can find you? Right on. Well, thanks so much, Sam and team for having me. I, you know, I, I just try and present it in a respectful way because I don't want to step, push down. I don't want to be a bully to others. I want to help stop the, tyr the, the tyranny that's going on. It's at Star Myths of the World is my website. The, the URL is starmythworld.com. 
www.jeffcoachingcoach.com. You can also find me on Instagram. I've got a YouTube channel and uh, all the information's there. So it's, it's a real, it's a real privilege to get to share this information with so many people. When I go on your show, I know there's like 16 million people tuning in in the first five minutes. Hopefully they all stayed through the whole thing. I appreciate the, you know, you let me run through a whole lot of stuff. Love it, brother. I love it. it Helps. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming on guys. I love you very much. Swarm. I love you. I appreciate your support. You know, uh, we got a couple more shows to the end of the year. And, uh, you know, let's bang them out. Let's have, let's have a good time. Johnny, thank you. XG, thank you. David, thank you. And we will uh, talk to you guys soon. Take care. Have a great day. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack.